Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. John 14, 6 is the text tonight. We're still on timely questions. And so the the question that I got to, to answer tonight Is there any other way? The world will tell you there is. But Jesus had this to say. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And that emphasis on I am is me doing that. It's, that's exactly how it reads, but I capitalized it for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Starts off, I am. The conversation I'm going to have tonight is because that's quite a statement to make, isn't it? And this ties exactly to Exodus 3.13. Moses, God was raising up Moses to to have him go before Egypt and deliver his children from slavery. And it says, Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Verse 14 says, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. That's quite a statement. God identifies himself as I am who I am. Revealing his divine name declares his character, his attributes, and reinforcing that the issues is not who Moses is, but who is with Moses, who is with him. That's all that matters. And the same thing applies to you and I today. It isn't about us. It's about him. It's about him. And oh, in the times and the challenges that we live, may God raise up his church to declare his name to the world around them. Because unless God moves on this country, unless God moves on this nation, and God's people get about God's business, There is no future left. Judgment will be coming. This name is related to the Hebrew verb meaning to be. You see, God is ever-present. To be. See, we think in times past, present, and future. Do you realize that God is ever-present? He's ever-present. That's that's hard to wrap your arms around that, isn't it? Because we don't think like that. 
We can remember the past, remember our present, and then we look to the future. But God is ever-present. That's why to be, I am who I am. And so implies the absolute existence of God. And that Hebrew here is also the source of the English translations of Yahweh, Jehovah, or Lord. Same words. And so, I don't have to tell this to anybody, but you all realize we live in a very crazy world. Huh? And if you would have talked just to 20, 30 years ago and said that all the things that would be going on in this nation today, I would have said you were crazy. Huh? We would have not even begun to imagine where, where we're headed and how things are going. And in this culture, they see things in a different way in this time period. Now, I titled this Intolerant Jesus is the title of my message with a question mark following it. Because that's how the world sees Jesus, as intolerant. See, one of the highest values to be tolerant and not be judgmental. We need to be inclusive. And all things are to be equal. You know, so many of the students go to ball games where they don't even keep score anymore. Everybody gets a trophy at the end. Huh? They won't leave anybody out. But that's not real life. And yet, Jesus starts off the text we took tonight saying, I am. The world and the religions of the world would say, how intolerant can you be? Who are you to say this? And the sad reality is so many of those ideas are infiltrating the church. I remember a conversation. Someone had, had a family member passed away, and I asked the question, did they know Jesus? And they said, uh, no, I don't think so. But they believed in God. Well, the demons of hell believe in God, and they're not getting, uh, going to heaven. That's not about just believing in God. See what we've turned it into. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. When we begin to espouse these things, as believers, there's many that will ostracize us and criticize as Christians because we claim that Jesus is the only way. He is the only way. So the answer to the question I got, is there any other way but Jesus? No, there is not any other way. Jesus is the only way. John 10.1, he says this. And there's a lot more here. I just want to touch on this. 
and then I'll speak about it for a minute. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. It goes on, if you read John chapter 10, later it says that Jesus says, I am the door. Huh? So what's Jesus have to say about other religions? They're all thieves and robbers. He said, oh, Pastor Ron, that's not me talking, that's Jesus. There's no other way to get there. Oh, we want to think there is. They want to say be, be tolerant. You know? You see, God in his wisdom and understanding made this thing very easy for us. He said, I've given you no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved except the name of Jesus. There it is. And whether you really realize this or not, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you are going to answer the question tonight. One way or the other, you're going to go out of here answering the question. Some of you already have answered the question. But Jesus claimed to be the only way is the only way. Acts 4.12 says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven. How many names under heaven? No other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, and it's the name of Jesus. See, there isn't another choice. And we as God's people need to wake up to this because the world is spinning out of control. We live in a, in a time, I think it was Ronald Reagan that said many years ago, I'm not going to get political tonight, don't scare, I don't want to scare you. But he just says we're just one, away, one generation of way of losing our freedom. And we may be in that generation today. That's why our school systems are going out of their way. They want to educate our children, not in the way of the Lord, but in the way of the world system. Now, I know there's an argument and a discourse. I could go off on a tangent on this one, but I'm not going to. It's all setting up for a one-world global system. And that's what we're seeing today. Everything that we're doing, what's going on in the schools, all these different ideas. And we, as a country, are a little bit at a time laying aside our freedoms because we're going to be led right into a global, one-world system not too far off in the future if we don't wake up now. Now, this is in God's timing and in his hands. But that doesn't mean we just wring our hands and say, well, that's how it's supposed to be. No, we need to be up and about his business. We need to be proclaiming the name of Jesus to all those around us. If your neighbor's house was on fire, would you just stand there and watch the flames? 
Or would you be hollering, screaming, and ringing the doorbell and trying to wake them up to get them out of that house? Well, they might, have, they might be awake in there. Who knows? But that is the reality in the spiritual realm, what's going on. The house is on fire. They need to know the Lord. And the only way they're going to hear it is when God's people begin to speak up and be God's people and share the gospel message with those around them. I couldn't believe what, what Pastor Greg took as his text for his devotional when he was up here. I'm going to read Philippians 2, 7 through 11. <laughs> I always find it amazing that they, they have no idea of what message I put together, and yet the Lord does, and he coordinates the whole thing. Huh? Even down to the sum of the songs we sing. It says this about Jesus in verse 7. But he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. You realize that that plan for him to do that was laid down before the foundation of the world was ever done? He laid down a plan to redeem us back because he knew his command was going to fall. And before he ever created it all, he already had the redemption in place. That's a hallelujah moment, church. And he had it in place. And Jesus, the Son of God, the second in the triune Godhead, said, I'll go, and I'll die in their behalf. You see, because what man did and how he sinned, and, you know, we're not going to go into all that, but we could not redeem ourselves. We're lost, because it took a perfect one to come to redeem the broken one. And every one of us are born into brokenness. But God in his divine mercy and love stepped into his own creation in the person of Jesus Christ and made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a bondservant. This is God himself taking on the form of a slave, a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of man. Verse 8, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. <clears throat> now you say, well, Pastor Ron, how do you know that there is no other way? Because Jesus himself, do you remember he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane? said, Father God, if there be any other way, let that be. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but thine will be done. And he went to the cross, didn't he? There is no other way to pay for the sins of man except through the blood of Jesus. At the cross of Calvary. And he went to that cross. Therefore, verse 9 Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven 
and those on earth and in those under the earth. Every knee's going to bow. You see, the world, see, the devil tells half-truths, okay? Sometimes he just totally lies, but sometimes he'll have some truth wrapped up in it, and then we buy into it. So we've been told that given this bill of goods from the enemy, well, if they all believe God, all roads lead to God, as if, if, they, if you just believe in any God, you're going to get there. That's the lie. You're not going to get there. All roads do lead to God. Huh? Because it said every knee is going to bow. Buddha's going to bow. Confucius is going to bow. Mohammed's going to bow. All these new ages are going to bow. Every single knee will bow to the name of Jesus, but the majority of them, once they come to that realization, are going to be banned from the kingdom because they never had the blood applied. Whoa. The house is on fire, church. May we be up and about his business. Jesus said this in Matthew 7, 13. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Now I find amazing that the words they use, he used, about being narrow and broad. And we see those words said all the time. You let somebody know you're a Christian? Oh, you're narrow-minded. Huh? Uses that same terminology. You ever ran across that in conversations, being told that? I have a lot. You need to be more broad-minded. Huh? What Jesus say about being broad is the way that leads to destruction. Oh, maybe we wake up to that reality. Narrow is the way. Why does he say that? Because he's the only way. There is no other way. There's no other name given. God didn't put down any other plan. This is the only plan. There's no other Choice. None. Jesus said, if you try to enter any other way, you're the thief and a robber. Narrow is the gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. That wide road is just it's leading straight to hell. Wow. You see, this whole idea about, well, we need to be more broad-minded. I tried to give a, think about a couple examples. One of them was driving. Well, why do I have to listen to all what the law says? That's narrow-minded. If I want to drive on the right, if I want to drive on the left, if I want to go the other direction, that should be fine. We laugh at that and we say, oh, no, that's crazy. But when it comes to the realm of faith and religion and stuff, you know, we say those exact same things. Or if you get a prescription and you go to the pharmacy and the pharmacist hands you a bottle of pills and it's just full of all kinds, red ones and green ones and long ones and round ones. 
Say, what is this? I need this particular medication. Oh, that's narrow thinking. Huh? Huh? I have all kinds of pills here. Let me give you these. Be heading to the graveyard real quick if you did that. Huh? And if you're on an airplane and the tower is trying to lead the pilot down to a certain gate and when he lands they go to gate 17. Oh no, once I get on the ground, all, all, all gates lead to the terminal. Huh? Yeah, but think about it. But when it comes to, the, we, we, just, we either just shut up and be quiet or we're going along with this. Oh, if ever a time we need to speak up and say, no, that ain't right. That is not right. It doesn't work like that. Jesus is the only way. There was a time this happened before, and I believe we're living this time again. Isaiah 520 says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Do you think we're living in that time again? I think we are. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And that's exactly what's going on, isn't it? Oh, Pastor Ron, you're just closed-minded. You're a bigot. Huh? Oh, you'll hear all kinds of stuff. You get this conversation going. But you know what? The outcome, the outcome isn't up to us. Remember, it wasn't about Moses. It was about who was with Moses. And I guarantee you, if you learn to live like that and think like that, God's going to use you to speak through you, and it's not about you or whether they like you or not. It's about you telling them the truth and let God be God and do what he's going to do, and he will bring them around. And I've seen that happen. I had a neighbor who lived in an apartment building many years ago by the name of Parvis Ashuri. He was a Muslim. And we had a couple conversations, and he just went in his house to slam the door, and that was how that went. So I just kept praying for him. Next thing you know, he's ringing my doorbell. I want to pick up where we left off. So, okay, so we had more conversation, and he'd finally get upset, go back in his house, and on and on this went. And then all of a sudden, Ellen, his wife, he married an American girl, said, you know, I know his wife, and she's willing to babysit Reza. And so Linda began to babysit the little boy. And Linda would get Christian coloring books and color the pages and rip them out and say, here you go, take this home and show your mom and dad. And that triggered another response from Parvis. Don't you dare get, do that with my child. I said, no, you don't have that choice. This is what we do. We, we believe, believers in Jesus Christ, we're going to share Christ with that little boy at the level of just what she's doing. And if you don't like it, then find another babysitter. And his wife Ellen said, they're just outside our door. No, I don't want to find another babysitter. You go get this worked out. So he comes back and says, no, we're going to still keep... We just kept on. And it got kind of comical. It got kind of weird at times. And I remember there was a time, I don't want to get too hung up here, but there was, two, there was a time 
And I know the conversation we had. I don't even know what brought, he brought. He believed in Moses. See, the Muslims believe in Moses. And I used the verse we were talking about Moses, and I showed it as a type of Christ. I said, that that's, points to Jesus. I said, if you really want to know the, know the whole thing, from Genesis to Revelations, church, the whole thing's written about Jesus. It's, huh? It's his story. The whole thing is written about Jesus. And he got mad at me, whatever I said, and he went away. About three weeks later, he comes back ringing my doorbell, and he's weeping. I said, but Parvish, you okay? No. I says, what can I do for you? I want to know your Jesus. Don't be afraid of the conversation. It may get crazy. It may slam doors in your face. Just keep being faithful. Share your faith and watch what God will do. Many years later, I mean, I can stand here all, after, all evening and tell you this story, but many years later, Parvis, when he became a Christian, he, that day he accepted Christ, he gave up his entire family from Iran. They escaped the Shah of Iran back in the day. This is, how, this is a long time. He was a little boy. They got out of the country, and that's how he ended up here in the States. But when he accepted Jesus Christ, his whole family said, you are dead. He knew what it cost to turn his life to Jesus. And years later, he went to Bible school. The last time I knew him, he was pastoring a church in Norwalk, California. Huh? And his parents were now attending the church. They hadn't made a commitment yet, but they were coming to the services. See, God, we have to let him be God and not be afraid. Huh? Yes, it's topsy-turvy. Yes, it's crazy. Yes, they're going to get mad at you. News, as a Christian, the world isn't going to like you. They didn't like Jesus either. They're not going to like you. See, Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. You either believe it or you don't. It's that simple. There was a man by the name of C.S. Lewis that wrote a book called Mere Christianity. And in that book, he says you got three choices. Jesus is either Lord, he's a liar, or he's a lunatic. That's the only choices you got. You see, people say, oh, no, I... Jesus was a good teacher. He was a good moral person. But I don't believe that he was God in the flesh. Well, he told you he's God in the flesh. He claimed to be God in the flesh. And you can't say he's a good moral teacher if he's not God in the flesh because he's a liar. See, we try to doctor this all up, and we'll just say, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Speak up, church. May the Holy Spirit move you, give you a holy boldness that you be able to proclaim the gospel message because if we as God's people across this great land don't begin to stand up and speak up and be the church, we're going to watch this country go into a global situation where we're no longer a free people. 
And it's not for us just to roll over and say, well, we know that's going to happen. When that's not what we're supposed to do. I ran across Christians that say, I don't have to share my faith. And I said, what do you mean you don't have to share your faith? He said, well, we know that God chose who's going to be saved and who did. So it's up to him and not me, so why should I bother? That is not the plan he laid out. That is not what God did. God said that we need to have his name on our lips and be able to share our faith. We don't know who's going or not. It's not for us to try to figure it out. It's for us to proclaim Jesus to the world around us. For only God holds those kind of things. See, they say Jesus is one way, but not the only way. And I already talked the second part of that. You know, he's not a good moral teacher if he's lying. And if he really clearly believes he's God and he's not, then he's a lunatic. But I'd like you to think about that for a minute. Pretty marvelous thing what one man did and claimed to be the Lord God himself and stepped into his creation. Do you realize we keep our calendar and time by him? All the things that we do is all kept by him. And if he is a liar and a lunatic, it wouldn't have happened. we got millions of people today still saying, God changed my life through Jesus Christ his son. Why? Because he's Lord. He is Lord. I'm going to close. Some of you are probably saying, thank you, Lord. The Bible says, choose you this day whom you'll serve. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Why is it so immediate? Because you know what? If you walk out of here today and don't make a decision for Jesus Christ, you made your decision. You made a decision. And the reason why he says today is the day of salvation, now is the accepted time, is because we have no guarantee of tomorrow. And for some of us, tomorrow could be eternity. Oh, for those of you who know the Lord, you're okay with that. That's a fine thing to say. Yeah. But if you're here and you do not know him, I do not believe you are here by chance. You are here by divine appointment. And God wants you to hear this message, to be able to make the decision. Make the decision. And if you don't, you made a decision. But my prayer is, Holy Spirit, you begin to speak to those just like you did to Parvis. What he did for Parvis, he'll do for you. What he did for me, he'll do for you. I said this, and I'm going to close. I, I started going to church because of her and her mother. It's my wife right here on the second row. And I, I fell in love with her the day I met her. They took her from the Appalachian Mountains of Kentucky to Los Angeles, California. And I met her and her little southern ways, and I was in love. And her mama said, well, you're going to go date my daughter. You're going to go to church on Sunday with us. If you don't go to, because you first asked if I went anywhere. I said, no, you want, you're going to go to church on Sunday with us. Because if you don't, you're not coming over to see her. See, I went to church for all the wrong reasons. 
all the wrong reasons. And I sat in that little church in California in the back pew, just staring at her, pawing at her. She's But God had a plan. And I quote this a lot because it changed my life. 2 Corinthians 5.21, he became sin for us. That we could become the righteousness of God in him. Do you, you realize the Bible makes very clear, you and I have no righteousness within ourselves. None. Our righteousness is as good as filthy rags. You ever seen filthy rags? That ain't very righteous, is it? But in the exchange, he became sin for us that we could become the righteousness of God in him. And that old preacher stood up there and said, have you made the exchange? And for, it was the Lord that was spoke to me and was speaking that verse to me. And I saw it for what it was. And I left go of her hand. Her jaw probably hit the floor. And I wasn't there anymore. I was right here in that little church. Age of 17, he transformed and changed my life. And I'm far from perfect. But you know, I've been proclaiming this message now for 55 years. And I'm going to say it till I drop. Because that's what he's called us all to do. May we be up and about his business. You see, he's either the Lord he claimed to be or he's a liar or a lunatic. Choose you this day. And that's how I want to end this. I want you, you need to choose. Is he the Lord? Or is he a liar? Or is he a lunatic? And the decision you make will last for eternity. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.